simply pray on the little days, I know that God would manifest Himself to us on those bigger days. I want to invite you, if you have your Bible this morning, to go to 2 Timothy chapter 1. 2 Timothy chapter 1. And as you are turning there, I want you to know that this is a day of remembrance. It's a day of reflection. And as I rose early this morning and came into the church very early, arrived here um, about 6 o'clock, close to, and, and uh, was looking at some pictures of my mom. I just uh, teared up a little bit. I remembered when I first came to Freeway, um, she was such an encouragement to my heart. And I know that she had a lot of great advice for Linda and I. And uh, I miss being able to sit down and talk to her. She's in an Alzheimer's facility today. And uh, Linda went and shared some flowers with her yesterday and got to see her just from afar. And... uh, But I I just thank the Lord for a godly mom. And I thank the Lord that I was raised by a mother that that prayed every day for her children by name. And not only that, she lived the Christian life in front of them as a godly example. And uh, this is uh, my 18th Mother's Day message at Freeway Baptist Church. And as I was kind of waxing nostalgic today I I just took a pen in hand after I spent a little time praying and I and I wrote a little poem that I want to dedicate uh, first of all to my mother and to my wife who's the mother of my children and to all the moms and it's just titled simply imperfect mothers there are no perfect mothers who never make mistakes only women who have children with hearts that often break. There are no perfect mothers that do everything that's right, but there are many mamas who second-guess themselves at night. There are no perfect mothers who always know just what to say, only women who are burdened to help their children feel love each day. There are no perfect mothers who cook and clean and sew. But there are moms with children that make their heart light glow. There are no perfect mothers, but there are some who pray that they might be like Jesus with every passing day. There are no perfect mothers, but there are great ones we meet that live a life that is godly and lead their children to Jesus' feet. There are no perfect mothers, but great ones, there are a few. Mom, to me, you are the greatest, and I thank heaven for you. I believe Brother Daniel put that on social media, and I hope that you'll go there and look at it, maybe share it with someone that it might be an encouragement to. I know a lot of moms that feel a sense of inadequacy because they're trying their hardest in these days and uh, they're trying to be at their best. But you know, just take a breath and know that God, He knoweth our frame. He remembers that we're dust. And He doesn't have higher expectations of dust than He ought to. And so just know that your best in the economy of God, will be okay. It'll be okay. And so, I just want you to know how much you're loved and appreciated today, mothers. Second Timothy chapter 1, and verse number 1, here we read these words. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, according to the promise of life, which is in Christ Jesus, To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears that I may be filled with joy." When I call to remembrance 
the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Heavenly Father, I pray that today you would minister to every heart. Lord, I pray that you would give comfort to whom comfort must be given. And Lord, conviction to all those that are standing in the need of that. Lord, fill me with thy Holy Spirit. And may you be glorified, we pray, in the lovely name of Jesus. Amen. As I thought about this passage of Scripture, Paul is writing to his son in the faith, Timothy, and he's remembering Timothy's faith, but he's remembering also that it was a faith that was handed down first from his grandmother Lois and then from his mother Eunice. And so here we find that the Apostle Paul is remembering moms, remembering that they were the guardians of a faith that God had called them to hand down to their children, and they were faithful to do so. In this last year, my grandmother Chapel went to be with the Lord, a hundred years of age, and I know that my Aunt Arlene is watching this broadcast this morning, and on this Mother's Day, I know that there's got to be a little heaviness in her heart, spending the first day of her life, first Mother's Day of her life without her mama. And, uh, but I know that she remembers a mama that was a woman of faith, that handed down a legacy of faith. And I'm grateful that I can be included in on a family that handed down a faith that had been delivered to them by the Lord. I believe that we're living in a culture that has minimized the work of motherhood in this world. They've kind of adopted this fallacious idea that it doesn't take a mama and a daddy, it takes a village. And yet, that's really extra biblical. That's not what God has revealed in His Word. I believe that to raise kids to be good citizens and to love and honor God, it takes a mama and a daddy. And I believe that God has really given mothers a task that determines the outcome of humanity. And what we discover in this passage is this, that it wasn't really Timothy's birth father that made the difference in his life. It was his believing mother. In fact, his father was a pagan. We have no indication in the canon of Scripture that his father, who was a Greek, was even a Christian. And so, now what we know is that God endued Eunice with the ability to raise a son that would carry on a, a great work, the likes of which the world has yet to see since the first century, a great moving of evangelism the world over. And there was her son, Timothy, smack dab in the middle of it all. I believe that the Lord understood how vitally important mothers would be to His plan of redemption. And He took great care to leave a record in Scripture of the work of godly mothers. The mother of Timothy, Eunice, was just such a woman. And although there is little in the Bible about her that is specifically stated, there's a wealth that can be gleaned from a study of what is said and the legacy that she left. Today, as we remember Mama, let us take a close look at Timothy's Mama, Eunice. And I've titled this message just Remembering Mom. Here, Paul states twice, he's remembering and he's calling to remembrance. And among the things that he remembered was a couple of mamas, a grandmama, and a mama named Eunice. And I believe that it is important for us to take notice of several things that the Bible gives us to kind of help us understand the kind of people that God is calling us to be. And while I'm directing my thoughts towards 
mothers, I want to say that these are things that all of us need to aspire to live up to. And certainly, I think you'll see that as we go through the Scriptures together. It's interesting as we read these words that Paul has written by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit about Timothy's mother Eunice, that Paul himself calls Timothy his dearly beloved son. In 1 Timothy, he says, my own son in the faith. Now, I don't believe that he was trying to be a surrogate father in the sense of uh, trying to you know, go down and join Big Brothers of America and try to just mentor and, and, and so forth. No, I believe that he literally was used of the Lord to see Timothy birthed into the kingdom of heaven. And he had the opportunity to have a role in helping him to be nurtured in the faith. And then when the time came where he was allowed to leave home, then his father in the faith, Paul, called him away from mama and home to serve the Lord as a missionary evangelist. And so he did. But there are some things today I want us to notice about Eunice from the Word of God. I want you to notice here in verse number 5 that the Bible tells us, when I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee, which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. I want you to notice first of all about Eunice that she was a mother that had a faith that was full. She was a mother that had a faith that was full. Say, how do you know that? Well, there are a number of things. First of all, we notice that Paul declared that she had a faith that was unfeigned. In other words, it was not a hypocritical faith. It was an authentic faith. It was a sincere and a genuine faith. And so, what we know is that her faith was not something that was simply declared, but it was dynamic. It was a living, breathing principle in her life. She didn't just tell Timothy how he should live. She showed him how to live by living out that faith. I think about what Paul said uh, to Timothy in 2 Timothy 3 and verse number 15. And that from a child that has known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Where do you suppose Timothy learned the Holy Scriptures? It was none other than at the knee of Eunice, his mother, and no doubt as well at the knee of his grandmother Lois, and they handed down a legacy of faith. And so Timothy, at a tender age, perhaps maybe the age of 20 or so, was able to leave home and family and go out as a, as a missionary evangelist with the Apostle Paul because he was a man of faith, full of the Word of God. And we know that the Bible tells us in Romans ten seventeen. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. The Apostle Paul didn't stay for many years there taking care of Timothy and teaching him. No, that was a task that Eunice and Lois took on very gladly and willingly. And so when the time came for Timothy to be called to the Lord, he was ready to go because he had the example of a mother and a grandmother that had a faith that was full. Not just simply declared. I have to say to you that This world has far too many mothers who are too willing to tell their children what they need to do, but they themselves are not doing it. They had those type having a a feigned faith. It's not authentic. It's not genuine. They have expectations of their children that they are not willing themselves to be held to. Such was not the case with Eunice. I would say that there was evidence of her faith. I believe that had she ever had the opportunity to read the epistles of James, she would have read chapter 2 
And even though she sat under the ministry of the Apostle Paul, she would have said amen. And her life would have been uh, really on full display of evidence of the fact that she did not have a dead faith, but a dynamic faith. And her life lived was a justification for the declaration of what it was that she believed. I'm going to tell you that kids are very astute. Mamas and grandmamas, I'm going to tell you something. That before anybody at work or church notices it, your children will be able to identify hypocrisy in you. One of the reasons why I believe that in these postmodern uh, times in which we live, young people are fleeing from the church at the first possible opportunity is because they, they, they fail to see an authenticity in their parents. And in fact, what they're noticing is a hypocrisy and they see it at home first. And you know what? It, it causes them to have a bitterness in their heart towards the truth of the Word of God itself because they do not see it being lived out consistently and faithfully in the lives of those that should be exhibit A about how we should live, mama and daddy. And in Timothy's case, he was raised up in the faith by a mama because he had an unbelieving daddy. And so what we notice here is that she had an authentic faith. There was nothing hypocritical about her at all. She didn't tell him to read the Bible and not read it herself. She didn't say that he should be a person of prayer and fail to pray. She didn't tell him that he needed to be a witness and then fail to be a witness. No, in fact, what we find is that Paul declared the truth to Lois and she came to faith first. And then by her influence, Eunice came to faith. And perhaps in that same time frame, a young man named Timothy, who at that time would have been simply a teenager, came to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to look at that in in just a moment from the Word of God, how we know that 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 is indeed how that happened. Because the Bible gives us light on those things. And so we notice, as we remember a mama named Eunice today, Timothy's mama, that she was a mother that had a faith that was full. And secondly, would you notice that she was a mother that had a life that was changed. She was a mother that had a life that was changed. You say, how do you know that? Well, uh, we know that the Bible reveals to us in Acts chapter 16 and verse number 1. Then came he, meaning Paul, to Derbe and Lystra. And behold, a certain disciple was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman which was a Jewess, and believed, but his father was a Greek, which was well reported of by the brethren that were at Lystra and Iconium. Him would Paul have to go forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew all that his father was a Greek. What we discover is that there was a point in time where this Jewish woman had her life completely changed, transformed, She was a Jewess that became a Christian. Now I have to tell you that if you've ever known an Orthodox Jew that came to faith in Jesus Christ, what you know is this, that they experienced a radical transformation. What you know is that they probably suffered some persecution, some alienation, some estrangement. When they chose to receive Jesus, for them, everything changed. It kind of gives new meaning to what Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Such was the case with Eunice who was a Jew and devout. And yet, there was a moment in time where Paul came to Derby and preached the Gospel. And there as she listened, she knew and understood that this one, that this Jesus that Paul was declaring unto her was in fact the Messiah uh, whom 
the Jews had rejected, and she trusted Him as her own personal Lord and Savior. And I want you to understand that here's how it worked. We know that her conversion was through the witness of her mother and the working of God. Through the witness of her mother and the working of God. Well, I want to just give you a little bit of the backstory because I think it's going to help us to fully appreciate this woman that we're considering this morning. It was quite a few years prior, in fact, seven years prior, as the Apostle Paul was on his missionary journey, that he came to a place called Lystra. And the Jews that were at Lystra were so angered by his preaching of Jesus that the Bible says in Acts 14 and verse 19 that there came thither certain Jews from Antioch and Iconium who persecuted the pe- or persuaded the people and having stoned Paul drew him out of the city supposing him to be dead. So I want you to just get the picture. Here is the Apostle Paul coming into Lystra to preach Christ. And as he's preaching Christ, there were Jews that had come from Iconium and from uh, Antioch and were stirring up the people and persuaded them to stone the Apostle Paul to death. Now, I personally believe that Paul died there. I don't know if it was by the roadside. I don't know if it was in the center of the city. The Bible does not clearly stipulate where, in fact, it was. But I believe they stoned him literally to death. You see, uh, the Jews in those days weren't in the habit of stoning people to life. (laughs) Uh, They made sure that the life was gone from them or they kept throwing boulders at their head until the job was done. And so, they, they, they believed him to be dead. And the Bible tells us that they supposed that he had been dead. There was no life in him. He was not breathing. And so uh, the Bible says, uh, says that uh, they drew him out of the city then. Having stoned Paul, they dragged him outside of the city limits and left him there supposing that he was dead. And in verse 20, the Bible says, Howbeit, as the disciples stood round about him, he rose up, and came into the city, and the next day he departed with Barnabas, this being his first missionary journey, and where did he go the next day? The Bible tells us he went to Derby, which is none other than where Timothy hailed from. So when Paul showed up in Lystra, he was stoned to death. The next day he went to Derby, and guess what? <laughs> Uh, everybody, no doubt, in Derby heard about this guy that had been stoned to death. Uh, that was not an everyday event in Lystra and Derby, and no doubt, everybody there knew that Paul had been stoned to death, and that God had somehow raised him to life again. Uh, I believe that there's some evidence in the Bible that when Paul saw the heavenly vision uh, that he did, that he writes of in Second Corinthians 12, it was then in Lystra when he had been stoned to death. And I want to just say to you that. Um, when Paul was there in Derby several years prior to the calling of Timothy, I believe it was then when he preached that Lois heard the gospel and was saved. And I believe that, that Lois said to her daughter Eunice, Eunice, you've got to go hear this man named P- Paul. He was called Saul of Tarsus. And, and now he's trusted the, the Nazarene whose name was Jesus that we, we heard about. And, and what he says is making sense and I believe it. And I have trusted Jesus. You need to come and hear it. And so she brought Eunice and, and Eunice heard the gospel. And Eunice accepted Christ. And, and Eunice thought, I cannot have this all to myself because how can I live my life knowing that I will one day see Jesus in the splendor of heaven and my son 
not be there with me. And so she brought Timothy. And I believe it was then that Timothy, perhaps a 14 or a 15 year old young man uh, there in Derby, under the preaching ministry of the Apostle Paul, uh, brought to an open air meeting by his mother and his grandmother, heard the preaching of the cross and was saved. And then several years later, after the mentorship of Paul and the daily teaching of his mother and his grandmother, he was prepared to go forth into the world as a missionary evangelist. Why? Because she was a mother that had a life that was changed and Timothy was old enough to see the change in her. Timothy saw the radical transformation, the estrangement from the Jews, the persecution that his mother suffered in the marketplace and and the way that the other women of their day talked about her. He saw that she was willing to suffer reproach for the name of Jesus and as he watched her abide those things day in and day out because of her passionate love for Jesus it made a profound imprint upon his life and in every way prepared him for the life that God was calling him to her values were changed from that of the material world a husband that was a Gentile a Greek perhaps a businessman there in the area of Lystra and Derby. we do not know all of the details but having lived a life that was devoid of any hope of eternity and hoping that she could somehow keep the law sufficiently and offer sacrifices to be afforded some hope but the reality was the law could only condemn her and in the deepest recesses of her heart she knew it and Paul had declared it unto her and so what happened was she was transformed from just living in the material world and having a material world value system to having an eternal value system. She was a mother that had a faith that was full and a mother that had a life that was changed. But I want you to notice something else about this mother, and that is that she was a mother that had a name that was fitting. A name that was fitting. Now, I want you to know that I don't believe there's anything that happens that's just a coincidence. I don't believe in luck. I'm not superstitious. I do believe in the providence of God. How about you? And, uh, and I believe that names are important. And so I believe that it's important for us to understand something here that, that Eunice had a name that was fitting. The Bible reveals to us in 2 Timothy chapter 1 that her name was Eunice. And what we find from from a search of what that name means, it means this, good victory. It means good victory. Now, uh, some some may think, well, is there is there a bad victory? Well, I suppose that you could uh, could win the war, but if you lost your brother in the midst of the fight, uh, you've won the victory, but maybe don't feel good about it. But here, what we discover is that she had a name that was fitting. Eunice means good victory. You see, she was transcendent over everything that stood against her. You see, she overcame an unequal yoke and a hostile world to raise a son to serve the Lord. She didn't say, well, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I don't know how to do this. She didn't say, well, I didn't have the support of a husband that took us to church and led us in the right way. She didn't say, well, you know, I just never had any other Christian women that I could look up to as a role model. I didn't know what to do, so I didn't do anything. No, the fact of the matter is she could have put up excuses, but instead of making excuses, she looked for opportunities to invest in a young man that would be mightily used of God. And so she accomplished a good victory in her life through Jesus Christ. She transcended and overcame an unequal yoke to a heathen man. She transcended and overcame a hostile world that only seven years prior had had stoned uh, Timothy's father in the faith literally to death. And perhaps in the, in the marketplace would tell her, you know, we did this all the other day, we're going to finish the job. And, we're gonna, and you're next. You believe in that, Jesus? 
There was the constant specter and threat of persecution upon her life. It was something that those who had turned from uh, the Hebrew tradition unto Christ experienced every single day. But she rose above and she won a good victory through Jesus Christ, her Lord. She had a name that was fitting because she did live in victory. She accomplished through the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ Good victory. And I want to say this, not the, not the smallest victory, but perhaps the greatest victory that was accomplished in her life was that she found victory over the law through the message of grace. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Thanks be unto God which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And that is the thing that condemned her, that held her back, that God set her free from. And so she saw a good victory in her life in this, that she overcame an unequal yoke, a heathen husband, a hostile world, to trust Christ and raise a son to love and honor God. And she overcame through Jesus Christ and His finished work the law that only condemned her because of the message of God's redeeming grace. So, Eunice, a wonderful mother, though not a perfect mother, was a mother that had a faith that was full and a life that was changed and a name that was fitting. But she had a nest that was empty. She had a nest that was empty. The Bible reveals to us in Acts chapter 16 something about that. We read that Paul called Timothy there when he came to Derby, And the Bible reveals this, that there was a certain disciple that was there named Timotheus, the son of a certain woman, which was a Jewish and believed. And his father was a Greek which was well reported of by the brethren, meaning Timothy, that were at Lystra and Iconium. Him would Paul have to go forth with him and took and circumcised him because of the Jews which were in those quarters, for they knew all that his father was a Greek. And so what we discover is at this point, Timothy is called to the Lord and the Apostle Paul to leave home to leave his mother, to leave his grandmother, and to set about to begin serving the Lord as God had appointed. She was a mother that had a nest that was empty. That's a traumatic experience for many parents, for mothers to be sure. When their children move out of the house, there's a, a sadness, I think, that, that comes because their life has been wrapped up in those children and all that, that they're doing. And, and now she was a mother that had a nest that was empty. It's really tragic on a certain level when I look at parents who kind of try to raise kids like as if they're always going to live under the shadow of mom and dad and clinging somewhat to the apron strings and the coattails of Papa. And that they're always going to be living nearby so that they can be in close fellowship and communion and they're never going to go outside of the immediate area. And so they kind of try to pattern their lives after that model. And, and listen, when it doesn't happen and the kids move out and away, it, it breaks hearts and it leaves people feeling forlorn and, and they wonder, why is it this way? You know, it's amazing that the Bible says more than one time, for this cause shall a man leave his father and his mother, shall be joined unto his wife. You see, in the economy of God, he never intended for, for boys to stay at home. He didn't intend that. And so here was Timothy... And perhaps I don't, we don't know anything about his father. Perhaps he was not around very much. Maybe he was a businessman. Perhaps he, he even died. We do not know. But the fact is that Timothy, no doubt, looked out for his mother and his grandmother. Now the Apostle Paul came and said, Timothy, I want you to come with me as I go on this next phase of my, of my ministry, sharing the gospel to all those that are in the Gentile world. Now, 
I want you to understand something about this woman. A son leaving home to serve God was not her fear. It was her goal. Let me say that again. A son leaving home to serve God was not her fear. It was her goal. That's really antithetical to how so many uh, mamas feel about it. I can remember many years ago I was asked to preach in a missions conference and during the missions conference there was just uh, something, there was a spirit in the service that just was really casting a pall upon everything that was going on there and it seemed like uh, nothing much was happening. I preached my heart out, we prayed and I talked to the pastor and, and, and he shared with me that there was a very prominent family within the church. A, a, a dad that was a businessman and, his, and his, his wife there and they had a son that was... Um, had been married perhaps just two or three years, and they had a couple of little toddler grandkids. And that mom and dad, they were so excited that their son was living near them, and their grandchildren were there and able to be at their house almost every day. And that young man, who was a Christian young man in that church, went to his parents just prior to that missions conference and told them, Mom and Dad, I feel like the Lord is leading me to go to the foreign field to be a missionary and to invest my life across the sea for Jesus' sake. Boy, that mama said, you know what, I don't think that's God's will at all. Your dad and I need you and, and uh, we, we love our grandkids and we don't want you to become expatriates and move uh, across the seas and we never get to see you or these grandkids. How could that be a good thing? How could that be God's will? Uh, I, I, we would miss you so much, I'd probably die of a broken heart. You couldn't do that to your mother, could you? The young man just, he wept and said, Mom and Dad, I just really believe, I feel heavily burdened that that's exactly what God wants for me to do. And, and, uh, and, and that mom just began to, to fight against that whole concept and idea of her son uh, maybe leaving home and country to serve God across the seas with his, with his children and, and, and his wife. And, and what we uh, experienced through that meeting was just a, a token of what perhaps we might have been able to had that woman not been so bitter and angry in her spirit at God because she refused to relent and have a willingness in her spirit to turn loose and let her son follow the leadership of the Holy Spirit of God. Remember it was on the last night of the missions conference. It was a Wednesday night. I remember it as if it were yesterday. And as I, I began preaching about the subject of, of surrender it seemed like I hadn't any more than asked folks to bow their heads as we began an invitation. And a woman came running up from the back and she said, I surrender! He can go! God, I surrender! He can go! And you know, there was just a water shed in that meeting and people were weeping and praying and the Spirit of God came down. Why? Because there was finally a mother that came to terms with the reality that that child was not her own. He was simply given to her on loan for a time so that he might go out into God's harvest field. And would to God that mamas today would understand that your job is not to raise your kids to become wealthy or to live in a great zip code or drive great cars and take nice vacations. But your job is to lead your children into a personal relationship with the living Lord and then encourage them to to invest their lives in serving the God that loves them. And that's precisely what Eunice did. She gladly placed her beloved son under the tutelage of one who would several years later come by and say, Timothy, it's time now. I want you to come away with me as we continue telling every Gentile person on earth that Jesus is Messiah God and we call them to receive Him. And so, as we understand the backstory of how Paul came to know Eunice and Lois and Timothy, we realize that it was at a time of suffering, at a time when the Jews had sought to kill Paul by stoning him to death, and God miraculously raised him up. And it was then that they became acquainted with this man named, named Paul. 
They heard of his imprisonments. They heard of his suffering. And now, several years later, as Paul finds his way back to Derby to once again sit down at the table of Eunice and Lois and to have fellowship together with them and young Timothy. As he calls him to go, Eunice, no doubt, Lois, no doubt, thought, this is what we have prepared for. But I wonder if Timothy might be stoned. I wonder if Timothy might at some point be put in prison. I wonder if Timothy might be beaten and put in stocks and chains. I wonder if all the things that have befallen Paul and his ministry partners would come upon Timothy also. In their heart of hearts, they knew that it would. And so, she watched her son leave the comforts of a home that loved him for the certainty of suffering. And although she was a mother, she personified the love of the Father. Because isn't that what the Father did? He watched his son leave the splendor of heaven and go to the certainty of suffering and death. She watched her son go down the road. I remember when I was growing up, we went as often as we could to Grandma's house in Colorado. And Grandma and Granddad, whenever they'd see the dust from the car down the long dirt road, they would, they would gather in the carport and they would greet us there. And whenever we loaded the car having to go back home, I can always remember turning around and looking out the back window of the car, station wagon, and there would be Grandma and Granddad standing in the carport waving and Grandma with her apron brushing away the tears. And in my mind's eye, I see Lois and Eunice standing there waving as Timothy and Paul walked into the horizon. And they commended them to the Lord. She was a mother that had a faith that was full. She was a mother that had a life that was changed. She was a mother that had a name that was fitting. She was transcendent. She was a mother that had a nest that was empty. And lastly, I say that she was a mother that had a legacy that was eternal. It was eternal. Paul said, I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois. Lois was given the faith and she handed the legacy of faith down to Eunice. Eunice had that treasure in her hand and she handed the legacy of faith down to Timothy. And Timothy was used of the Lord all over the Gentile world to carry on that legacy. It was a legacy of genuine faith in the eternal God. You see, this woman Eunice, her legacy was not determined by the mark that her heathen husband left or a Jewish mother. It was determined by the eternally all-wise God who in His sovereignty allowed her one day to meet a man with wounds all over his body named Paul. 
And she was faithful to hand that down to her kids. Who was faithful to share it with everyone that he met. Until we can say this, that the legacy of Eunice is alive today in the generations of believers who heard the message of God's grace that she first heard when Paul came to Derby and Timothy was a 14 or 15 year old boy. She was mightily used of the Lord. When I think about this woman, I think how convicting it is to me as a parent that wants to have an authentic faith and wants to consistently live it out for my children. And I want to be faithful to hand down a godly legacy of faith and to prepare my kids to live a life of service to the Lord, whatever that means. Eunice was mightily used of the Lord, and there's really no telling this side of heaven the kind of impact that one woman, one mother, had on millions and millions of people down through the centuries. Her life was not about her career, her name, or personal acclaim, but rather her life was all about serving the Lord that saved her. I believe as we pause today to remember mothers, it behooves us to remember mom and a special mom named Eunice that had a faith that was full, a life that was changed, a name that was fitting, a nest that was empty, but a legacy that was eternal. May that be our desire today. Father, we thank You for what the Word of God teaches us. Lord, thank You for a godly mother that raised a son from a child to love and honor You. Lord, may that be the passion of every mother, every father that hears this message today. Perhaps you're watching this service and you would say, you know, I'm that imperfect mom that you talked about earlier. You know, we serve the God of the second chance, but not just the second chance. Every day is a new beginning. And if you haven't been the kind of mom that God has called you to be to this point, just decide that from this moment forward, you're going to redeem the time. And then I want to say that perhaps you're watching this service and you're just not even really certain that if you died today that you'd go to heaven to be with the Lord. And that's heavy on your heart. You're concerned about it. And if that's you today, I just want to simply say this. Timothy invested his life. Paul invested his life so that others might be saved. And God wants you to know how. And what they gave them was the gospel. And the gospel means good news. And here's what it is. It involves a little bad news. That is that we're all sinners. That means you and me. We're sinners by birth. We inherited that from Adam. And we're sinners by choice. And our sin has separated us from God. And the Bible tells us in Romans 3 that we deserve to die and suffer a punishment called hell because of our sin. But a loving God doesn't want you to go. And so He sent His only Son, Jesus, to suffer the death of the cross and to pay the punishment for your sin and mine and the sins of all the world. 
so that we could be forgiven of that sin debt and be offered a home in heaven forever with God. And the Bible tells us that if we simply believe that Jesus came and He was God in the flesh and He lived a perfect life and He went to the cross and He died just for you and He was buried and He rose again after three days in the grave so that He could offer us forgiveness for sin and and a home eternally, eternal life with Him in heaven. If you believe that today and you've never received that gift of forgiveness and a home in heaven that He has promised we can have, the Bible says, for whosoever, that means anyone, shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. If you've never received that gift, I'm going to ask you to pray along with me a prayer like this. Now, my prayer cannot save you only if you believe it. If you believe in your heart the message I have simply shared with you now, this gospel message, I invite you to pray in your heart something like this. Dear God, I confess that I am a sinner that I realize that I cannot change that fact. I now invite Jesus into my heart and into my life to forgive me of all of my sin and to save me so that I may spend forever in heaven with Him. I'm now trusting in Jesus and Jesus only for my salvation. Thank you, God, for saving me. Enable me to live for Thee. For this I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you just prayed that prayer, on the authority of God's Word, you're saved and on your way to heaven. And I want to invite you to contact us at the church. Go to our website, freewaybaptist.org. There you'll find our contact information. And we want to encourage you to... Let us know you've made this decision. We would like to send you a Bible free of charge. We want to send you some information to help you understand what it is that you now have in Jesus Christ. I want to answer any questions that you have. And I'm so grateful that you've taken the time today to log on to this service and listen intently and to make that choice to trust Christ. It's the most important decision that you could ever make. And may this Mother's Day be the beginning of a new life in Jesus Christ. May you, like Eunice, have a life that is truly changed.